Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. Well, it's good to be back. Season 1, Episode 2. And my name is Roman. This is Truth Revival. With me today is Paul Chapman. We've also got a couple guests, Mr. Richard Parker. Richard Parker from First Baptist Church. Richard, it's good to have you on board. Uh, you're my neighbor. So uh, we're exactly. so <laughs> so thankful to have you on. And we also have, we called him in special, Mr. David Lowe. David Lowe. All right. David and I have became friends over the past several years, and he is just a wonderful man of God that I've got to know. So um, just real quick, uh, Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your ministry, and um, that way everybody can kind of get to know you a little bit. Well, I've been around a while in Teleco, moved here from Texas in 1995, uh, became interim pastor at First Baptist Church and uh, uh, in 95, and then they called me to be their pastor in 1996, March of 1996. So uh, we celebrated a milestone uh, 25 years back in March. So been there a while and love the community. Amen. Uh, love this place. And, of course, my wife had roots here, so uh, it's real enjoyable to be here. Been in the game for a little while. David, how about you? Give us a little bit uh, of your uh, journey in faith. That was short. <laughs> it's all right. Let's see, I started ministering when I was 20 and uh, basically never pastored. Well, I've been a part of the ministries. Everybody looked at me as a pastor, but I wasn't the pastor. It was kind of looking back on I was just a kid. But I love the Lord. That's all it is. Amen. Amen. Nothing. nothing I love ministering, but you know, I love the Lord more. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're not looking for anything special, just people who love Jesus. So last week, um, our, our our guest was Lon Shootman, and and when we talked about um, the book of Judges with, with Brother Lon, this concept of truth and that people are doing that which was right in their own eyes, they've lost sight of God, and I believe that's where we're at today. And our topic for today is going to be out of John chapter 15, and we're going to be looking at the true vine, okay? So the idea of truth, in order to really understand truth, you've got to first be really connected to the true vine. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some truths, I guess, in this world like um, love, friendship. Can anybody else think of another truth? Hard work. I mean, just, I think we all, these things resonate with us, but this concept of universal truth from the beginning of time, that there is a God and God has a plan and that God created us in the likeness of his image. And in order to understand God's great purpose for our lives, we must be connected to the true vine. We must be connected to the truth. Otherwise, we're just doing that which is right in our own eyes and seeking our own truth. And I think that's a dangerous place that has happened over the course of history. Would you man agree? Oh, definitely. I mean, you're you're just kicking it against the prick and, um, and making no headway at all. I know that um, in, my, in my personal life, when I'm connected to the vine – and I'm seeking him and I'm pursuing him and I'm and making him known and relevant to who I am. Everything seems to, it's not always perfect, but it seems to flow better. And then when, when I'm not connected to the vine, even though I know I'm going to heaven and I'm saved and redeemed, but I'm, but I'm acting stupid and, and, and I'm being selfish and, and prideful and, and seeking my selfish ambition and doing things to, to build Paul's kingdom. I am totally miserable. You can make it for a point. And then, then you get to the mirror and it's reality check and you're like, well, this is why 
things aren't going this way. This is why things aren't happening this way. This is why I feel empty and alone. And, and I feel like I'm not making any headway is because I'm disconnected from the one that gave me life. I'm disconnected from the one who breathed in me. I'm disconnected to the one who created me in his image to give him glory and honor. There's a quote from Jim Carrey. Paul, you said something about being empty and alone. Jim Carrey, everybody knows Jim Carrey. He was huge in the 90s. I love Dumb and Dumber. Never was a really big Ace Ventura fan, um, but I just love Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey said, I wish that everyone could be rich and famous and find out that it's not really all it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams, another man who everybody would just consider that, to have been on top of the pinnacle of comedy and, and Hollywood, he found himself lonely and, and depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always lonely and depressed. The thing about truth, the first time truth is questioned, that's the problem that happened in Genesis 3. They took a thought. Mm-hmm. They took a thought that wasn't, there, wasn't from God. Every thought that Adam had was from God. And he, he lined himself up with that. That's why we named a zebra or whatever it was. He wasn't going, it was like, it was coming from the source mm. to name. Just yeah. like when Ezekiel, well, you know, we had, he, we, God has to, don't get me wrong, we're, 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 we're not needed, but he uses earthen vessels to bring forth glory to him. That's all it is. It's for his glory, everything we do. Yeah. And when he said, uh, yes, hath God said, see, he didn't even use the proper name of God in Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. He used the name of Elohim. He didn't use Yahweh God. He said, yeah, has God said and that was the first time that was used was in Genesis chapter three. He wouldn't even, you know, he was he's on the same level as us. Satan had put him on the same level, and he and she took that thought. And that's all it took. That's why Jesus said, "Don't take a thought. Take you, no thought." You know, when Jesus was on trial, Pilate asked him, "What is truth?" And uh, <laughs> that's been the question. That's been a universal question. Uh, and unfortunately, in our times. Uh, the culture has bought into this postmodern thought that there is no absolutes. You know, there is no objective truth. Truth is what you feel it to be. And, of course, we all know how deceiving Mm. emotions can be. Yes. Uh, And, unfortunately, that has found its way into the church in some aspects. Uh, And that's the reason I always commend Bible believing, believing that the Word of God is the inerrant, infallible, unchangeable, without error word and truth. Uh, because without that, you have no foundation, uh, first of all, to build upon and then to sustain us as believers. And, uh, you know, we see crazy things come out of, of people's mouth or hear uh, things come out of people's mouths. Uh, even from Christians, and it's like, where did you get that? You know, that's uh, that's not the truth. That's that's a feeling, and uh, unfortunately, uh, so many in our day uh, attempt to worship a god of their imagination rather than the god of the Bible. And uh, we must know the truth. The truth, Jesus said, sets us free. And I like to look at that in two ways. First of all, it sets us free from sin and death, and we become saved. Uh, we're part of the kingdom of God. Second of all, it continually sets us free from false ideologies, philosophies, false religions, uh, things that are, are being uh, perpetrated upon us uh, in this culture. And as long as we know what's in the Word of God, and we know that is the truth, and we have the foundation, we have the tools in, in order to be able to defend uh, our positions. And uh, it's a different day. Very much so. I think um, we're romanticized the past when we say that. The world's never believed the truth. The well, thing is, we're paying too much attention to the world. Yeah, we, It's always in our faces. And we come into church and talk about the world. And the Lord said, uh, I'll judge the world, take care of yourselves. Well, I agree, and we, I agree we, with that. Yeah, I know. I and we pay attention that. too much to what's going on in the world. And if we would just get in the Word, we'd see how much He loved us and how much truth prevails. And that we win, and it's not always fun. We, so, we, we, we've been prospered. We, we've prospered. I mean, the church has become basically Babylon. Mm-hmm. And we're all living at the Tower of Babel, building the tower to the sky, thinking that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And He lives inside us. And we're supposed to be persecuted. 
That's the truth. And the only way we can know truth, and I, I totally agree with the fact that uh, generation after generation throughout all of humanity and all of uh, history, uh, man does not really know the truth unless God reveals it. That's right. Right. Yeah, and that truth comes from the Spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. with what Dave said earlier about, uh, you know, Adam Adam was in one, in tune with him, and sin severed severed that relationship. But, but him giving his son Jesus to bring us back into communion with him. Listen to what it says here in John 15, in verse 15 here. It says, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Your fruit should remain in me. So, so that tells me that, that Adam was one with him. When Eve sinned, it severed our relationship. So he gave his son Jesus to come and, and bring us back into his fold with him. And he's telling these disciples here, he says, look, everything that the Father has made known to me, I have made known to you. So that tells me that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and living and well in us today if we've accepted him to be our Savior. So he has revealed that truth to us, and everything that he has seen has actually been revealed to us, and the Holy Spirit will interpret and teach us. Amen. That's good. I wanted to share this verse, too. We miss this sometimes. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So bringing forth fruit's a good thing, but you get purged more. The purging never ends mm-hmm. until you see him, and that's the only time it ends. Well, the, the father's the vine dresser. Oh, yeah. So he's, he's the a, husbandman. So he's the, one doing the, he's the one doing the pruning. That's right. And when you look at the agrarian side of it, so to speak, you know, you take grapes, they produce more if you tend to them, prune the mm-hmm. ones that are connected to the to the trunk, to the vine. Right. If they're not, if they're dead branches, you cut them off because all they do is hinder mm-hmm. uh, the energy, if you will, of the true vine. So mm. uh, we have to be connected to that vine. If we're all not the connected leaves, to all that it, stuff they tell all That's exactly hidden. right. It hurts. <laughs> and it's amazing how Jesus used on so many occasions, object lessons. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, Visualization. Yeah, exactly. You know, when Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, he said, take the birds of the air. <clears throat> you know, they don't they don't clothe themselves. The Lord takes care of them. Well, I'd say there were probably birds flying over about that time. He said, take the birds yeah, of the air. Right. You, know, uh, you know, we're to be a light that's set on a hill like a city that cannot be hid. Well, right where Jesus is at, you look across the Sea of Galilee, there's Tiberius. Right. Yep. Been there. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but the true vine, you know, we have to be connected to the source. There's a point that I want to, I want to bring up here because this concept of being connected to the true vine, maybe we were initially, but that relationship was severed with sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. And from Romans chapter 11, the Bible talks about being grafted in. That's uh, some, I, I love to watch videos on grafting trees. Yeah. I've never done this, but the concept of it is incredible because you can take a, a live limb and plug it into another source, but in order to connect it to the source, it has to be first cleaned Mm -hmm. it has to be exposed right and then an incision must be made and it has to be inserted and then bound to it and after time over time then it can begin to thrive once it is connected to the new source and it grows together and so in order for us to be connected to the true vine what jesus christ did on the cross when he established that new relationship in our life the word of God comes into our heart, exposes us, and reveals the need of a Savior because of our sinfulness, and we must then be connected and bound to the true vine. And there's something that happens once we get connected to the true vine. David, you said he was the source. Once you get connected to the source, you begin to bear fruit. fruit mm-hmm. Okay? And so there's uh, something else that I want to share um, these Bradford pear trees that I see, you know, we used to have them lined down here on the church property and we never pruned them. We never trimmed them back. And you know what happened? They break. 
they got so heavy, they couldn't support their own weight, and they broke mm. because we failed to prune them properly, and now they're now they're not here. It's the same as not shearing a sheep. Mm-hmm. A sheep will die if you don't. I mean, it could fall in oh, yeah. because of the weight of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shepherd's Guide to the Twenty Third Psalm. Good book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, <laughs> exactly. you know, like think about our churches. How many of our churches have not been pruned and properly cared for, and they get heavy? Mm-hmm. You know what? They get big. Yeah. Or they the ego infects our church, or pride gets in our churches. Tradition gets in our churches. I know, and there needs to be a rock that everybody falls on, mm-hmm. and they break. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the churches they break, and and, and 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 the and the phrase that we use is a church split. Mm-hmm. A church split. Well, what we need to do is, you know, there's going to be some persecution. There's going to be some hardships, and and we need some godly men that are going to be connected to the true vine and true the to the source. And Jesus said, "All men will know that you're my disciples if you." Love one another. Yes. Hard times are going to come. And I've shared this uh, sentiment in my church many times. You're going to get mad at people. Mm-hmm. Know this. You're never, ever going to perfectly agree with every human being that you come across. Just because you're a born-again Christian, it doesn't mean that you're going to always agree with everybody. You're going to have disagreements. I've been having disagreements with my spouse, with my wife. What? For the past 16 years, okay? She won't, you know, she 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 doesn't exactly do everything that I say. And you know what? I don't exactly do everything that she says. <laughs> I hope she and, listens to this. Oh, she! if I tell her I brought her up, then she'll listen to it. But, you know, when it's like, what's the true mark of a believer? Holding a grudge? Being mad at people? Fruits of the Spirit. The true mark of a believer is forgiveness. Love. Love. And see... Because we're connected to the true vine, these things, they're not of ourself, right? And and if this is what amazes me. In Hebrews, the writer said, our God is an all-consuming fire. Mm. How can we suppress that which God has put inside of us? Right. If we're connected to the true vine, and these are byproducts, fruits of the Spirit, as Richard has said, how can we suppress it? Well, you know, he brings up a really good point right here. He said that every branch in me that bears not fruit, what happens? Cuts us off. So, I wonder how many people are attending church but have been cut off from the true vine. Well, that's, that's an interesting statement. Uh, in John 15, uh when you think about the context of John 15, what you discover is Judas had just left. He'd been, expo- he'd been exposed as the betrayer. He's left and left the 11 behind. So immediately Jesus, I believe, is contrasting Judas with the 11 that are connected because he comes back and says, you are clean. Well, yeah, they've believed in the gospel. They've received the gospel. Judas put on the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe what he's saying there is that you—he's not saying that you can lose your salvation as a Christian. Yes, sometimes we're not as fruitful as we need to be. Sometimes we're not fruitful at all. Uh, but the Lord prunes, the Lord works, and we become fruitful again. But when he said that they're cut completely off and cast into the fire, I think. In the strictest sense, he's making reference to those who appear to be something that they are not, like Judas was. You go back to the sixth chapter of John, they followed Jesus everywhere after he fed them. They followed him across the Sea of Galilee, asked him, how did you get here? And uh, uh, he went into the synagogue there in Capernaum, began to teach his disciples and teach those that had followed him. And he said, unless you partake of me, Unless you eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, you have no part in me. And they're like, this is a hard saying. Mm. You know, who can accept this? And he calls them disciples. But at the end of John chapter 6, it said those disciples departed and followed him no more. Then he turns to his own disciples and say, are you going to go away also? And they said, 
Where else can we go? Yeah, Peter, yeah. being the spokesman, said, where can we go? You have, have the, the words, words of, of eternal life. Yeah. So, uh, But I do believe Christians become fruitless at times, and it takes the, the pruning hand of God. And how does God prune? He prunes through the truth. When you think of the description of the truth being a two-edged, sharper than a two-edged sword, well, what does, what does a husbandman use? Mm-hmm. You know, he uses a pruning knife or a pruning shear exactly to take off that which isn't uh being productive but at the same time it's the truth yeah you know if preachers will preach the truth preach the word of god Mm -hmm. the holy spirit will work the rest out you you think it's easy it will prune too because people will leave yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Well, the, the truth always divides. The truth always divides. Yeah, Jesus came and brought a sword. That's right. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, it the, does. The thing about it, we got to understand, he corrects those he loves. That's you right. Know, and, it's, and, and, I, and I understand we have to fall on the rock and we go through hard times and, and, and things mold and make us. But, but just yesterday, just yesterday, I had to swallow some words that I didn't want to hear. That, that when I first heard them, it made me in my flesh a little angry. But the, but, but the spirit of the Lord moved on me when I heard this and, and deep down in me, I was like, you know what? That's true mm-hmm. because of the spirit. Mm. All right. He showed me, you know, and, and, and I was like, man, that's true. I've got to work on that. And, and when, and when we're living for the father, and that spirit can quicken you like that, and you allow him to mold you and make you and, and wipe the dross from the top that his spirits made come up to make you a better man, mm-hmm. you can grow. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, you he, can grow. He, he disciplines us, and there is a difference, I believe, between discipline and punishment. Yes. Punishment's what happened to Jesus on the cross yeah. on our behalf. Discipline is out of love. Yeah. That's what he said in Hebrews. You know, if if we're without discipline when we are correction. You know, and correction's not always nice. It's not right. always feel good moment. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is it easy? No, it's, it's not easy to be corrected or to be pruned. But he said, if we're not corrected out of His love for us, then he said we're illegitimate. Yeah, mm. we're still servants. Right. We're not friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we should welcome correction. Yes, I know. I didn't welcome it much when I was a kid. You know, uh, my no. dad. My dad served in the military for for almost 30 years and he wasn't home a lot but mom you know you got out of line she picked up anything that was close yeah. you know yeah. My mom. yeah let you have it so my mom tried to whip us up until we were teenagers. but you know what it didn't hurt me it built character Heck yeah yeah i want to read something out of proverbs you said this richard proverbs 9 chapter 8 proverbs chapter 9 verse number 8 reprove not a scorner lest he hate thee Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. That's right. Give instruction to a wise man, and he'll be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in his learning. Mm-hmm. There's some people that you try to instruct, and they'll get mad at you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, because it hurts. Mm-hmm. That truth in us, it hurts. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for you men. God has surrounded me with with godly men, and and I'll be honest. There's sometimes I need correction. All of us. We need correction, okay? And and so you can't just surround yourself with a bunch of pigeons. you got to surround yourself with eagles, mm-hmm. men that are going to challenge you to soar higher in your life, okay? Men that are going to challenge you, women that are going to challenge you in your, in your personal life. And that really should be the objective of the church, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Let's, as we are pursuing our walk with Christ, let's walk together. Let's go through this journey together. And I don't want opinions to get in the way, but the word of God, if I'm not in alignment with the word of God and our spirit's not bearing witness, I hope that somebody comes to me and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and shares that with me or comes to me out of love, right? Because when you, when you do something this way that, you know, I've heard of people, how do you address conflict? Mm-hmm. It's never easy. No, It's never easy to, to have those hard conversations. I don't like them at all. Nobody it, does. <laughs> it, it's never, but, but, but there's a way that you can do things in love. And the Bible says that a soft answer mm. turns away yeah. wrath. Can I share a story with you? Absolutely. Uh, I guess I've been at First Baptist probably five years. And of course, Roman knows about this. We had all kinds of issues uh, when we got there. And uh, 
But anyway, I was using the pulpit as a bully pulpit to try to change these people, you know, and only the Spirit of God can change these people. I had one of our dear members, of course, she's passed on to be with the Lord now, but she was probably in her 80s then. And uh, she came up to me after the service. She says, you know I love you, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am, I do know you love me. She said, you're preaching out of anger. Mm. And I didn't get mad. The Lord just put it on me then. And I said, you're exactly right. And from that point forward, well, she followed up and said, listen, if the truth and the Spirit of God won't change their attitudes and change their minds, you think you can? Yes, that's true. And I said, no. And from that point forward, I just became faithful to preach the truth, let the chips fall where they may, and let the Holy Spirit do the do the work Richard you know? let me I gotta also say this there was a situation and if any other men have something just you know <laughs> feel free to talk um, but there was a situation where conflict had arose in the church and we were on the verge of another split and boy the devil was just having his way and I was having a phone conversation with somebody and they were talking about all of these things that they were gonna do and all of these people that they were going to expose because they knew some things and they were going to this and they were going to that and everything was going to be revealed. And I said, listen, what we need to do right now is we need to trust God. We need to pray. We need to find forgiveness and reconciliation. And we just need to trust God right now through this. She said, Roman, I'm finished trusting God. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Oh, and I said, Lord. I said, well, listen, I was like, I was like, I'm going to trust God. And we're gonna let we're gonna let the Lord we're gonna let the Lord work this out. I said, but if God can't do it, then you can step in. <laughs> and silence. This person come back to me later and said, Roman, when you said that, the Holy Spirit just mm-hmm. done something to me and yeah. and I gave it to the Lord then. Yeah. It's like Amen. so if God can't handle it, then you go ahead and yeah. handle it. You know what yeah. I mean? I think all men, all men deal with wanting to fix, though. Yeah, oh, yeah that's definitely. true. We yeah. make a mess of it. Yeah, the women, women are uh, accused of always um, wanting to change their man, and they do. You know, they deal that, but we do too, or we wouldn't pitch fits when they didn't act the way we wanted them to. Because we get yeah. reason we get upset at our wives because they're not they're not acting the way we want them to. It's like, well, you're not Prince Charming. <laughs> Because you know, it's, it's uh, it, the Lord told me I didn't want that job. Like, just like you guys, it's like you really want the job of taking care of this person. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. Your job is to love them and guide them. I mean, Amen. As, yeah, as, as my I, my whole family. It's, I mean, I had a breakdown over this stuff. You know, letting go of people, and mm-hmm. you know, it took me sitting there crying out to God and and God showing me uh, actually a revelation kind of about when Jesus was in the garden praying that what he was going through was letting go mm-hmm. of his friends and his mama. <laughs> Think about it. Mm-hmm. Everything he, he, he was God. Yeah. He was God, but he, he had to deal with everything. He was birthed because you were birthed. He was mm-hmm. born. He was went through teen years. He had whatever he had to deal with as a teenage boy. You, you dealt with we, mm-hmm. everything that you've dealt with. And he had to deal with his mama and he was only 33. Mm-hmm. That's not old. No, well, everybody not in here is older than he was. Yeah. And that's a young man. I mean, Peter is 40. He's like, you're a young man. And he was younger than Peter. You know, I mean, eternity wise, no, but, as a man, and right. that's one of the things that I had to, and, and God's like, yeah, I had to let go of everybody and know the purpose was to die so that they could be free. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what know, you have to do. Yeah. You know, if we, you, if we didn't, if we didn't have the passion to see people change. Yeah. But sometimes that becomes misdirected in our life oh, and yeah. we, we. We don't stay in the spirit. We kind of get off <laughs> off course. In anger. It, our <laughs> emotions are not uh, yeah. totally justified. And, and thank God that, that he places people in our lives uh, that are full of wisdom. They come to us, and, and God uses them yes. as a mouthpiece. They give us advice. They impart wisdom to us. And it's like the spirit of God opens up our heart, opens up our mind, and we say, well, I needed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I needed that. Yeah. You know, And corrects our course. Yes. And once again, we, we go forward and, and leave it in the hands of, of the Lord to change hearts and minds because we can't. Yeah, I, you know? I, I can remember, and I told a guy this about a month ago, we were, we were standing around talking, and he, he was, he's one of two people that's rebuked me in my walk. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, when the Lord sends a man to rebuke you, he really loves you. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
He really loves you because he's got a plan and a purpose for you. And, and I got to thinking about that, Richard, though. Um, those two guys that rebuked me, I can remember where I was. I can remember what I was wearing. I can remember everything about the situation, and I needed it both times. But I, I got to thinking about that, and actually, I've been rebuked and corrected three times. The first time in July will be 23 years ago. And I remember coming to your church. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you shared that morning. Is this a story? About the miraculous grace and mercy of the Lord. And, man, I was, I was being eat alive in the back, mm-hmm. just being, being corrected, being rebuked. Hey, you're not living right. I, I, I'm choosing you right now. I'm choosing you. And that's what John 15 says. It says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I right. chose you. And he was choosing me right there in, in your congregation. He was choosing me. And I, and I got up and I walked out. Mm-hmm. And um, Left-hand side, third row from the back. That's it. <laughs> yes, sir. And so I, I get to Shaw Hollow in the back of the car. I wrote a song about this backseat passenger side because I was in the backseat of the car. <laughs> And, and we got to Shaw Hollow, and I, I will never forget this as long as I live. The Lord spoke to me audibly. He said, you choose me now or I'm done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa. Right. So I dive out of the car <laughs> in the gravel when we get stopped because the guys are like, no, let's just go do this. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm done. I cho- I'm choosing him now. He chose me. I'm going to him. Amen. So I get out of the car, and they're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to find Richard Parker. I need to ask him what I need to do because Jesus is calling me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I went to the woods and found him in the mountains, and God totally radically changed my life. Have I been perfect? No, I have not. But the fact that Richard Parker is here in this room today, 23 years later, means the world to me because he helped get me pointed in the right direction. That's amazing. What a story right there. And God I thought he was about to play the song live. Do like, we have the live version here today for us? God, God places those people, you know. And, uh, of course, Roman knows Bruce Newman. Of course, he's gone on to be at the Lord now. But Bruce came to our church probably 20 years before, had pastored 35 years, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, so stressful situations. Not saying that all pastors are stressful, but uh, it would – cause it to flare up in him. So uh, he came to our church and uh, became very integral part of, of teaching uh, Bible studies and things like that. But when we had that, the issues going on and, you know, people acting, acting in the flesh and some of them were totally in the flesh. He told me something and, and I found this hard to do, but it is effective and I want to share it with you. Those that are against you, as maybe a pastor or church, they're really giving you the hard trouble and hard problems and stuff. After the service, go up to them, wrap your arm around them, say, you know how much I really love you. Mm-hmm. Changes everything. They can't stand it. Yeah. It either changes them or they, they have to get out of the light. That's right. Yeah. You know, they can't, they can't be in the light. I'll agree with that, Richard. I That's had difficult to, to do sometimes, but I found <laughs> yeah. that it is very effective in the Lord. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had to. I had to stand before the church and apologize recently because with COVID happening, you know, you've got people that aren't attending church and they have a valid reason, mm-hmm. I guess. But <clears> after <throat> a year, you know, either you want to come or you don't. You know, after everybody's been vaccinated and after we've all learned and and they're still not coming to church or still not involved, mm-hmm. you know, and and I was holding some grudges. I, I've been there. They never were involved. Yeah. Well, but, but I was I was holding some grudges and and that was it was affecting me mm-hmm. like my health. OK, right. on a on a. Deep, not only was I just stressed with the regular burdens of being a pastor or being a father, you know, but just the emotional baggage that I was carrying because I was I was holding on to this anger mm-hmm. and I had to let it go. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I had to let it go and I had to go and apologize to some people. I had to apologize to the church. And Richard, you said it earlier, God hasn't called me to beat people up with the word. Mm. He's called us to love people. Amen. Okay, and, and and you know what, guys, when you love people, that will resonate. How it connects with the heart is is something that goes beyond 
what man can quantify in words. Mm-hmm. It just you just feel it, right? When mm-hmm. so, when you when somebody loves you, you know it, and you and when when there's a friction between people, you also feel that as well. Okay, I love what he says here. We're still in John chapter fifteen. Abide in me. Abide. Mm-hmm. Dwell in me. Okay, and what does that abide look like? Mm-hmm. Does it look like a we got Bible school going on right now at the church. Does it look like a Bible school profession whenever you was six years old and that's all you ever done for Jesus? That's not abiding. A- abiding is a daily desire to be with the Lord. There's this um, a podcast that I listen to. Um, I think it's called The Naked Bible, and it's a guy by the name of Michael Heisler, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. and Richard, you talked earlier about about what is it? Is it Michael Heisler? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's him. The Divine Council guy. I think so. I sent you the videos. Possibly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. Very <laughs> he's knowledgeable. A, he's a Hebrew scholar. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Um, but he talked about. We people have always talked about. Can you lose your salvation? Mm-hmm. And I think when you read John chapter fifteen, you know. The, the the branches that don't bear fruit, what happened to them? Mm-hmm. They get cut off and cast into the fire. And kind of like, you know, this people have always wondered, can I lose my salvation? Can you lose your salvation? And Dave, Dave I know you're wanting to go over there. <laughs> no, this discussion aggravates me because both talk, I mean, I, I, I have friends, and I'm sure y'all do, who teach, you know, that you can and some you can't. And I just always say the Bible says you can be secure. That's right. I don't have to deal with this guy or you, you. And if you do, I mean, if you're asking that question, make it sure. And if there's a reason why it's not sure, it's because your lack of, it's actually an insult to the cross. That's right. That's it. Well, well, let me add (laughs) this. Because who do you think you are? Let me add this in when you, when you look at it again in context, uh, to say that you can lose your salvation is, first of all, inconsistent with the context itself. It's inconsistent with the rest of Scripture that says we are secure, we're sealed till the day of redemption, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's inconsistent with grace. Mm-hmm. Because if I can work to get my salvation, I can work something right. to lose it. But since it's totally unmerited favor of God, uh, I'm... I'm Called by him, right. as you said, chosen yeah. by him, called by him, sealed by him, uh, and you even go over, go over to uh, the end of Romans eight. Yeah, justified, glorified, Glor- yeah, glorified yeah. past tense. Yeah, as if it's already taken place. We're not glorified yet, but we will be. Yes, but we've sir. been justified. We've been called. We've been justified. We will be glorified. That's past mm. tense. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you know Hebrews it says uh, covenants between two and God, but God is one. And uh, the yep. Abrahamic covenant, Abraham didn't walk between those two things. Mm-hmm. The flask and the smoke did. And they walked between. Because when people made a covenant, they'd split the things. Right. And you'd walk through and the blood would get on you and you couldn't get it off. It's just like a salt <laughs> covenant. And uh, But Abraham was asleep. And uh, the Lord walked through there. Because we can't keep the covenant. No. We can't no. uphold the covenant. Right he coveted it with himself. Mm. That's why it says in Hebrews 6, he uh, it was a he coveted it, and he made an oath and a promise. He secured it by two things, and God can't lie. Right. So he said, I'm going to do it, and I promise, and I make an oath not to do it, and I'm going to come and die yeah, and, and he, secure that oath. He said, I swear by myself. myself. Wow. Yeah, because you, you, you can't swear by, you know, you, he would swear right. by the sun. I'd swear by the king yeah. or by, by, the, by Israel or by the throne or by, you know, whatever. But one more thing I wanted to say. I think you got something to say, don't you? No. Well, I was just going to say as far as uh, being secure, you know, it's like it's like you're in a class of 30 kids at school and you, you do something totally off the wall and you mess up and you get in trouble and the teacher pushes you over here in the desk and says, hey, you don't get recess. Well, 29 of them go outside and play. But just because you got in trouble and you don't get to go, you're still a part of that class. Right. You just don't get the blessing. Right. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. I think that's, that's the fellowship relationship thing that people miss. Yeah. Like, there's a relationship that we had nothing to do with, that's but the exactly fellowship right. is really up to us. That's right. That's really our way. Well, he never leaves or forsake us. We're no. the ones that drift. Yeah. You know? So what Michael is it? Heisler. Michael Heisler. Yeah. Heisler says, and the way he just compared this was so simple yet so profound for me. He said, "You're in the race, 
Mm-hmm. As long as you're in the race, mm-hmm. you're good. Mm-hmm. As long as you're abiding in Christ, you're good, right? I think if people are asking that question, it's like your question, if, if you are born again, probably means you're born again. Yeah. I but, mean, it's like that. It's so simple that you, you don't think that you prayed a prayer this happened. This happened at the cross. But you have good days. You have bad days. Sure. You have highs. You have lows. There's been times whenever I've wrestled with God. Mm-hmm. I've, oh, yeah. you know, just argued with God and just been so, but I'm still in the race, right? That's exactly I'm still right. abiding. Yeah. There's been times that I've sinned and oh, yeah. a lot of my sin has not been public sin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my sin has been private sin. Mm-hmm. And the devil will come against me and be like a, a child of God wouldn't act that way. And a child of God. Oh, yeah. and, He's a great <laughs> accuser. And, and so I repent and He's doing a job. I, I, I mean, I repent and go back to the Lord and, and, and I experience grace and forgiveness, but I'm in the race still. I'm, yeah. I'm still abiding. So here's the, here's the thing. What if you stop the race? I mean, you can, you can walk, you can run, but you just say, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I quit. There's a difference right there, I think. Okay. And again, you know, you know, I've, I, what we're talking about here is something that has been debated time and time again about, about salvation and can one lose, lose their salvation? We didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even plan to go here, but you know, I, we've got a great uh, group of, of men right here. And I just want to see what happens if we say, what if a person decides they no longer want to abide in Christ? They, they quit the race. I mean, just think about, you know, Richard, you know, when I run, mm-hmm. right, run a 5K, mm-hmm. I finished every one of them. Right. There, I remember I had done a, a triathlon in Loudoun, and I had a terrible cramp in my leg, and I had to drag myself across the finish line. I finished. Mm-hmm. But if I would have tapped out and said, I'm done, I'm done, I, I'm just, I'm done. I think if you're a child of God, something will come be seen and I always I like to use Samson. It's a, the tragedy of Samson. He killed more in his death than his life. That's a tragedy because mm-hmm. he was a champion. He could have killed them all mm-hmm. in his life, mm-hmm. but he was too you know wanting to rest. Really, I'll call it. He, he was wanting to go rest, and so um, he was. And he's a champion of faith. Mm-hmm. He I, was. And, yeah, he's and a champion when you of look faith. At the end of his it's life, it's still a tragic. It's tragic. But I feel like Samson was still in the race. He was in the race. He was still you abiding. Don't get to decide. You, you know, know what I mean? Exactly. Well, John, First John says they left because they never were of us. We can use that scripture. Yeah, and you know, I so mean, you know, in the in the in the scripture, New Testament, I believe it's Thessalonians or Corinthians speaks of uh, before the Lord's return, there'll be a great apostasy. Mm-hmm. You know, there'll be a falling away. Well, my conviction of scripture, and it's my conviction of scripture, is is that if you're connected and you're abiding, and actually the word, if you if you do a word study on it, it means a fixed position. Mm-hmm. If you're abiding. Uh, you can never abide, uh, not abide. I know it. Once you're in, like once you're in, uh, and I think that once again, it what appears to be, uh, isn't always what what we see is what we get. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, tears and we all that's yeah, in there, and that's right. It's if you, I don't know. Well, I, well, once again, if we if, well, I had a I had an interesting discussion one time with a a pastor of a little different persuasion when it comes to eternal security. And, and uh, he said, well, we don't believe in what's saved, always saved. And I said, well, that once saved, always saved has gotten a bad rap simply because people use it. And then those on the outside look and say, he's saying he's saved and he's living like this. Uh, but the individual that I was talking with, I said, what, what constitutes the loss of salvation? Well, sins that the church deems. <laughs> I said, well. I mean the Pope? <laughs> basically. And, uh, uh, and I said, okay, then, how do you get back in? Christ isn't coming to the cross again, and Christ isn't going to be resurrected again. How do you get back in the fold? He said, well, the, the church deems. Oh. Who gets back in? And and believe me, it it was it was 
It was not a Catholic church. I know it's not a Catholic church. It was not a Catholic church. The problem is, people, uh, when a man falls in a church, it's going to be over money or woman yeah. as a minister. But they miss the whole pride that led to it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Because the problem, manifestations of sins, we deal with that more than, like, we're supposed to be dealing with this. I mean, or who we are, like to, to die. And we, we wait till something manifests. We go, now I need to pray and ask God to help me overcome this. It's like, you need to be praying the whole time. Mm. You always need the grace of God. Well, that's abiding. Yes. And, and, yeah. and, and we need to get, this is a truth that needs to be shared in our church. It's abiding is present. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys, and there is not an hour that goes by in my day that I'm not thinking about the Lord. Amen. And you best believe whenever I sin, the Holy Ghost is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on me. Yeah. You know, and well, you know, when I'm at work, when I'm at my job, I'm thinking about the Lord. My conduct at my job, I'm thinking about that's abiding in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and I want to get this out and then I'm going to turn you loose, Richard. Jesus said that there'd be many in that day mm-hmm. who said, Lord, Lord, right. We've done all these works in your name. I think that is the, Maybe he said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Mm-hmm. These are people that somehow think they're affiliated with the true right. vine, right? but but they're not. Yeah. And, and so they are cast forth as this branch and are withered. And if you're, he said, there'll be many in that day who said, Lord, Lord, we've done this in your name. He said, depart from you that work iniquity. And where are they going to wind up? Mm-hmm. In, in the fire. Yeah. The, 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 the many are the same as the withered branches. Consumed, yep. It could also be, I know he talked about, um, what was it, yeah, false believers, but it also could be talking about the, and Judas, that was also mm-hmm. that was a good point, but also could be talking about the people that he was around, the Pharisees and sure. the Hebrew people, because they were rejecting him. Well, and they, they were the religious. They, that was the true, that was the, that was the natural branch, the unnatural well, olive tree. True. Well, we, we that now, whatever Jesus was dealing with, with those, with the Pharisees and the religious zealots of that day we now have that in the church it's always the church that persecutes people understand it's always those that look like you that will come against you well it's a lack of understanding of grace it's the way too. it is mm-hmm. see if, if you don't understand grace paul made this clear to the galatians if you don't understand grace you're one of two things legalistic or self-righteous right. and and you'll look across the aisle and say well so-and-so's not here today so i'm i'm in a better position with god <laughs> no you're in the position with God because of what Christ did on the cross. That's your only standing. You know, now, uh, he speaks to us about sanctification. That's If we talk about sanctification, practical sanctification is, is that we grow closer to God and put off the world as we mature in Christ. Yes. You know, the problem today is, is the same thing that the writer of Hebrews said to his audience was, when you should be teachers by now, mm. I'm still having to get go Got back to the to elementary you. things, and rather than being on meat, you're on pablum. You're on the milk. Yeah, you know, I'm still heating the bottle. That's right. God help and us. And so that causes issues. Judas now, uh, you know, he talks about abiding in Christ equals fruit produ- production. Okay. Uh, first of all, we think of fruits as something. I, and I think this is an error a lot of times. We think it's something that's external. Well, the fruits of the Spirit are first internal, then manifested yeah. externally. Uh, love, compassion, faith, joy, peace, long-suffering, et cetera, et cetera. If you go back and you look before Jesus went to the upper room for the supper, uh, I don't know if it's Mary Magdalene, one of them came in beginning to anoint him with perfume and with oil. Who spoke up? Judas. Judas. Judas, Judas spoke up. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Rebuke the Lord, which showed to me he didn't have compassion. Mm. He didn't have kindness. He did not understand what was actually going on. Because the Lord says, she's anointing this for my death, and she will be spoken of throughout history wow. as being the one who anointed me. Yeah. Judas did not understand. He said, why don't, why don't we get the perfume, seize the perfume from her, and go sell it? Yeah. You know, well, a thief would say that because he's the one handled money back. Yeah. That and everything that would come from selling that would be visible and they would get, oh, yeah. look what they're doing. Yeah, look exactly. at us, you know, and it's exactly. just, yeah. Exactly. So it, it's important that, uh, well, as Dave said a while ago, you know, 
the Lord said you can't pull the tares up because you'll damage the wheat and tear it up at the same time. It goes back to that, why are you worried about the world? Yeah. I mean, when I say worried, you know, we're, we're worried about the wrong they're doing. There's, mm-hmm. They do wrong. Mm-hmm. We do wrong. Yeah. We yeah. just have grace. I mean, I'm serious. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, well, hey, they need to quit. And we're talking about this, 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 things, things we've seen. It's like, we need to get in the Word. Mm-hmm. We need to be like the Bereans and search the Scriptures yeah. and see if the truth. And we turn to man for answers, and God says, if you ask me, if you make lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth men liberally, right. and upbuildeth not. Mm. But don't let him not ask in wavering. For a man that wavers, like you know, he's not going to give. Calls it. But if you believe he's going, to, he will give you an try. Test him and see if he will not answer you. He will. He said he would. So if you want an answer, ask God. Like God, what is this in it for me? Yeah. And one thing I wanted to share the scripture there in verse six. You know, without me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I created all this, y'all. Yep. Think about I love it. it. Think about it. Yes. It goes back to Genesis one one. Without me, you can do nothing. Without how how me, many yeah. of you encounter people and they come to you and say, "I cannot believe," and they're looking at the world. They're not looking at. Fellow believers are looking. I can't believe they act that way. Well, why not? <laughs> why? That's the it's way the they're world. supposed to act. Yeah, it wasn't how they were raised. <laughs> well, David's flesh. son and his sons, they did bad. They yeah. were, you think they were raised that way? They think Solomon's it's a son, lot of times Eli's environmental son. and yeah. their their uh, environment is what causes You know, and there's always a big controversy on that. It goes way back, you know, that man somehow, some way, has just enough life in him and enough goodness that God is accepting of that. We're, we're totally depraved. We're out of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at David. He went on a three-year hiatus, murder, adultery, yeah. you know, lying, mm. cheating. He did all those things. And, mm-hmm. and he, he suffered. His family suffered from that day on, mm-hmm. but he yeah. repented. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and look, we're here today because that line came through him Grace. through the promise. Amen. 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 Thank you, Amen. Lord. That was the only thing he did that the Lord mentions. That upset him. Yep. That's kind of interesting. I mean, yep. people, it displeased the Lord. People's actions are always going to reflect the condition of their heart. Yeah. If it's lost, it's going to be manifested. Yeah. If it's been saved, yeah. it's going to be manifested. That's mm-hmm. true. Sometimes not on a consistent basis, but it's going to be manifested. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've, uh, I've said this before many times, you know, when people like, well, stump their toe or something will happen and they'll let something slip. Mm. You know, you got, Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean for that to come out. I'm sorry, that slipped. Well, the reason it came out of your mouth was because it was already in your heart. Yeah. Okay. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. That the mouth speaks. And so it's the same with your actions. Okay. Um, the Bible says it's not that which goes into a man that defiles him. That's right. Whatever comes out of him. But you see those things that come in, it's going to be really hard for those things that come in for you to wrestle with those and fight off whatever, you know, whatever you see, whatever you hear, touch, taste, whatever you're feeding into yourself, that doesn't defile you, but it's in whatever comes out of you. And uh, so, guys, let's try to wrap this up here. We've got just a few more minutes, and we're probably going to break this into a two-parter, okay, which I'm totally fine with. I think that would be great. Was it Spurgeon that said, I'm not what I should be? Oh, but thank God I'm not what I once was. Yeah. Amen. I think what you just sure. said too, Roman, about the putting in, I've often challenged people to uh, go from Sunday, go like today, don't listen to anything, don't watch anything for a week and see how church goes next Sunday. Amen. Don't listen to the radio. Make a difference. Don't listen to Christian radio. Don't listen to anything. Seek God. I mean, listen to some praise and worship. That's the best you got. And <laughs> read the Bible and seek God and see what happens this Sunday. Well, first of all, you're going to get started getting revealed about yourself. Yeah. Because you're not thinking about everything else. And you can hear him speak. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it's amazing what happens. And one more thing, too. I'm, I'll shut up. But uh, No, it's great. We, the thing how the Lord Jesus, like he said, always talks about, you know, he shows these agrarian or nature. And, you know, that's what Paul mentioned. Nature, nature does not lie because God created it that way. Things die and things come back. He's mm-hmm. telling you the story. And, you know, all, all mythos, and even you can go back into the jungles and people believe that there was a God going to die as a man and come back. Mm-hmm. But he always came back as another man. But nature says it comes back as the same thing. Every morning you see the same sun come up. And Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat falls. Right. And die. he's saying, it's the same thing. It's not going to be anybody else. This same Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nature tells you that. Yeah. This same Jesus is going to come back. Wow. Testifies of him. Yes. And yeah, nature don't lie. If you look at that's that's why a lot of people that get into nature, you, they get close to God because they're there. I mean, they're where they're supposed to be. You're from that. You know, you're a, you're a miniature version of that even, if you really think about it, of the creation. We're just the microcosm of what he showed us, mm. really highlight. I mean, we shouldn't be walking around. 
looks odd. Why are you walking around on two feet? <laughs> are we going to take that thing about the Pope out? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I doubt if any Catholics will listen to this. But you know what? If a Catholic does listen and they want to come on the show, we'd I love got to have them on. For you and, oh. Uh, I want to I I wrap us up with this scripture. We've got about uh, five minutes. Okay, so I want everybody to give me five good minutes and think about kind of what our closing, what your closing words are going to be. And this is our verse. We're wrapping up John chapter 15, but it's verse number eight. Hearing is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay? Much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Richard, when I read that, what does that speak? What does that say to you? Well, he said that they'll know that you're my disciples if you bear this fruit that you love one another. They'll know that you're my disciples if you keep my commandments. And you look at the Gospel of John. Just go to the to the Epistles of John. You see John's commentary on the Gospel. Basically, you know proof of abiding you first know john. yeah first yeah, john first, yeah proof of abiding if you're in christ you'll love your brother if you're truly connected to the vine uh, you won't walk in darkness as a way of life i think he makes that clear because he says those who say they were out are without sin make out god a liar and what mm. he's saying is is yes we we uh, uh occasionally slip you know, but that's not our way of life. Right. We're not living as a way of life in darkness. Yeah, we slip here and slip there. That's not what John's saying. He said, if you walk in darkness, and of course, walk isn't physical walking, it's conduct. Mm. If you conduct right. yourself constantly in darkness, you need to check your heart. Mm. You know, because you may say that you're this, you may claim that you're that. But if you're walking in darkness as a way of life, a way of habit, a way of doing things, and it's consistent, you ain't got nothing. Wow. You don't have nothing in the world. Dave, how about you? Closing thoughts. About that verse? Just closing thoughts, whatever you got. I just think the if you read that verse, you got to make sure to read it with the purging because you can't bring worth mm-hmm. much fruit without purging. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily always... We we tend to focus on outward actions because it's easier to point a finger. You know? Yeah, exactly. But it has nothing to do with that. You know, it's we like to blame uh, alcohol and drugs. Like those are intangible objects. The problem is you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. So you know that's what God wants to purge out is you. Mm-hmm. You know, thought. I mean, every it, it gets intense if you really ask Him. And that's y'all, exactly y'all right. been in prayer. You know what I'm talking about. It gets you know you're getting cut. And only believers go to an altar. Only those that follow Jesus go to an altar. If you read Abraham and Lot, Lot didn't have an altar. Abraham did. Mm. Yeah, altars are for believe for those Ooh. who follow in Christ because stuff has to die, and it's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you has to die. Yeah, it, it's every day. Jesus said, "Unless you take up my cross and follow me die to daily." Self. And God, have we fallen short? Surrender it, every day. I've bawled my eyes out crying about the state of the church, mm. and it's been this way for a while. Mm. We're just starting to see it. Like it's starting to manifest even stronger, you know. And you know, there's a couple of things that can happen. Well, there's a truth revival that's happening right now. Amen. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Let's see. All right, all right, Paul. What say you? What you got, brother? Uh, there is a truth revival happening, and, and and I've really focused this week and thought about. Um, you know, everybody's talking about the woke culture and people uh, and people uh, and their agenda, trying to push it on the church. And I really feel like uh, the church had the agenda first and the church uh, put forth uh, rules and regulations and things that could not be kept such as the law. Uh, You got to dress this way. You got to act this way. You got to do this. You got to do this. And, and nobody ever talks about, I mean, when when you got people telling people to leave for what they're wearing or, or they can't come because of this and that and this and that, they are not abiding in the vine. And, And I don't think that we, we really put forth, Hey, when you come and your heart is circumcised mm-hmm. and Jesus is grafted into your heart right. to where he can abide in you, we're not, ta- we're not taught about abiding in him mm-hmm. when it first happens. Hey, you're saved, you're going to heaven, you're good. We get baptized, we're good. Yeah, we don't teach about abiding. That's we don't right. teach about getting to know him. We don't teach about uh, the fellowship that comes with him. 
And he is really calling his true separate people that he has chosen and bringing forth for the final battle Amen. that's coming to say, hey, listen. Stand up. It's about me. Yeah, that's right. It's about me. I chose you. I love you. I gave everything I had for you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is saying, he gave everything he had for you, and I gave everything I had, like you said, Dave, for you. Amen. For you. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. Behold the Lamb of God mm, right. that takes away the sin of the Amen. world. Awesome. He Took it away. loves you. Amen. That's pretty good, Paul. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Episode two, Richard. Brother Dave, thank you for being part. Paul, we love you guys. Thank you all. Be sure to like and subscribe and share. This has been Truth Revival. Episode two. We're out of here.